Hey, this is Joe Buca with another episode of Man Up, the podcast to help men reject passivity and accept responsibility. You'll hear some background noise today. I'm sitting out on my back porch just enjoying some um, time with the Lord. And and uh, just before I get my day started, it's a crisp, cool fall morning here in Georgia and, and um, kind of one of the delights of living here. It's not too cool. I'm I'm able to sit out back without a jacket on, but it's um, but it's really comfortable out here. Anyway, just wanted to uh, start with sharing. Uh, I've mentioned before, I'm I one of the tools I use to help me connect with the Lord is a Paul David Tripp uh, book called "My Heart Cries Out: Gospel Meditations for Everyday Life." And actually, my men's group on Friday morning we're we're working through this together. We read uh, what I'm going to read to you today, and and uh, and then we just discuss it. It's been a good um, platform for us to talk about just how we integrate, how we live out of the gospel. And I, again, these are all part of, you know, key parts to rejecting passivity is being involved with other men. I have multiple connections with men. Um, obviously, my counseling practice, I, about 75% of my clients are men. But just just uh, this group of men Friday, I've really been meeting with these guys since we've lived here in Georgia, which is roughly 30 years. Guys have come and gone in the group, but um, this group right now, we've been together, probably the, the core of six, seven guys. We've been together probably 15 years with this group right now that um, that we have. And they're, they're just great guys that I can share my doubts, my thoughts, my fears. But anyway, what I wanted to do was read this um, uh, devotion uh, today. It's um, called When God is Glad on page 64 and 65 of the book I just mentioned. And I'll just read what Paul Tripp wrote and then he has a couple scriptures and I'd just like to share some perspective and even what I journaled on these uh, this morning. Uh, when God is glad, in the pain of my confession, it's hard to recollect the fleeting pleasures of my sin. My shame hides your face. My anguish drowns out your voice. The lingering visions of what I've done haunt my soul, assault my heart, and dominate my thoughts. I want to undo what I've done. I want to turn back time so that my thoughts would be pure and my hands would be clean. But lust was born and the deed was done. I can't undo what dark pleasure was has wrought. So I come to you just as I am. I bow before you, shamed and unclean. The searching light of your righteousness puts fear in my heart and reveals more stains than I ever thought I had. I bow before you because I've nowhere else to go. I confess to you because I've got no other hope. Uh, there's no place to run. There's no place to hide. I can't escape what I've done. I can't erase my stains. So in my grief, I ask for one thing. I long to hear you sing. I long to see you rejoice. For when my ears are graced with your song, and when I'm blessed by your gladness, and when the angels celebrate, then I can be sure that I've given the greatest of gifts. I've been given the greatest of gifts, the miracle of miracles, the thing that only love could purchase, the blessing that only love could offer forgiveness. And he quotes Zephaniah three seventeen. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. And then the passage that he uh, has for kind of a uh, scripture meditation is Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. I'd like to actually read Ephesians 1, 3 through 9. Um, this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of, of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the his kind intention which he purposed in him the 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 word that stands out in this ephesians passage is the word lavish to me and and even it's one of my what i would say one of my core truths is that god has lavished his love on me i would even go so far to say he's lavishly and recklessly loved me and I, I think in this passage, just as I was setting with this, with this devotional and, or with what Paul Tripp has written and even looking at the scriptures, that Zephaniah passage is, is just one of the most incredible passages in my devotional um, uh, expressions. It's the first passage in the, in the devotional that, that I put together. And just this idea that God rejoices over me. He quiets me with his love. And he exalts over me, celebrates over me with loud singing. You know, it's hard to grasp that, especially in light of what, I, what Paul Tripp was writing, and, and in light of our sin, not just the sins of our behavior, but the sins of our heart, the sins of our thought, that because of, because of the fact that we are in Christ, we are resting, we have trusted in Christ uh, to both forgive our sin and to make us righteous. I've talked about this a lot in these podcasts, but... That is so foundational for me, for us as, as Jesus followers, to, to recognize and to see that my new identity in Christ is, is really establishes, changes everything. Uh, it takes me from being someone who is sinful and wretched and disobedient. And as I rest in Christ, as I rest in the gospel, I have confidence that my debt has been paid, my sin has been paid, and all the righteousness that I need, God has given me. And again, I like this word lavish because it just almost gives the sense that God, not gives a sense, but it, 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 to me it speaks into the sense of God has really overwhelmed me with his love. You know, when I feel unlovable, when I feel like I um, am rejected, when I feel, um, it, he uses the word shame, and I talked about this last week, but when I feel these things coming and resting and, and confessing my sin, my, again, my heart, my thoughts, my behaviors, and resting in the gospel really does allow me to begin to experience this, what the truth of Zephaniah 3 is about. And then in Ephesians, you know, just this idea that in him, my sin is forgiven um, and that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. Like, that's crazy when I think about that, that everything I need I am blessed in Christ, and that uh, the righteousness that I need, the forgiveness that I need, the, the love, the grace, the mercy, God has lavished upon me. Um, and again, I just, for me, <laughs> sitting here this morning and starting my day, like incredible foundation. Again, it, it speaks to a couple things. One for me is the importance of really grounding myself daily. Uh, I had a, I had um lunch with one of my mentors, uh, um, a guy named Fred Schuler. Uh, Fred is just a godly, wise, 
older man, uh, just a few years older than me, and we have lunch every couple of weeks. And Fred leaned over to me in our lunch. You know, we were meeting in my office. He brings lunch every every time we meet. It just saves us some time. And so he shows up with a bag lunch with a couple of really nice sandwiches. Um, and uh, Fred looked at me and he goes, Joe Buca, what's your biggest struggle? And, and, and I kind of chuckled. I said, Fred, it's been a while since somebody's asked me that question. I'm usually the one asking that question to other people in this office. And I, and my response to him was, I think it's my insecurities. I think it's my inferiority. I think it's my feelings of inadequacy and not being good enough. I said, you know, I'm haunted by these insecurities. And the only way I can find security and confidence is when I'm really grounded in the gospel. I'm grounded in my identity in Christ. And I'm really resting in that, that forgiveness and that power and that righteousness. And so today, I just want to challenge you that part of rejecting passivity is really grounding yourself in your relationship with the Lord and grounding yourself in your new identity. For me, again, being, being lavishly loved by God is a core part of, of what I really need to remind myself consistently of. Anyway, um, I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon again. Hello, this is Joe Buca with another podcast of Man Up, the podcast to help men reject passivity and accept responsibility. This past week, I was meeting with a client, and he had, I don't know at what point in his life, he had memorized um, a poem called, the poem called If by Richard Kipling. And uh, he um, just kind of in a spontaneous way just quoted the, the poem. I had heard about it before, but but never really had considered it and looked at it closely. And I'd like to share it with you all today and make a few comments uh, about it, just how I think it affects. It's, it's a poem about being a man. And it says, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings not nor lose common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Now, there are probably a few aspects of Kipling's perspective on manhood that, that I would say might differ a little bit from um, thoughts I have on being a man, but I really like this poem because I think it deals with a number of different aspects of manhood uh, and, and really kind of having that being a man of integrity. Um, I, you know, first, just 
uh, in the first um, section, just facing difficulties uh, and then learning to be still, learning to not retaliate when lied about, not returning lies, or be, when being hated, not being hateful, um, and not trying to look too good or talk too wise to impress others. And I think that's a big part of manhood, of, of being secure enough in yourself that you're not out to impress others. He went on. He goes on to talk about just handling adversity, both triumph and disaster, he says. And if you can treat, he calls them imposters just the same. I think that's really significant, that in adversity and success, you can be consistent. Um, learning to be, to not let triumph get to your head or not let disaster pull you too far deeply down, I think is a key thing. And being um, um, persevering and, and, and being strong in the midst of both when things are good and when things are bad. He talks about loss and, and you know, kind of betting it all on black. He says he talks about it, uh, risking all your winnings on one turn of pitch and toss. I, I don't know um, all that's, <laughs> that's woven into that, and I, I'm not saying a, a man knows how to gamble, but a man does know how to take risk. And if you take a risk and you fail, um, learning how to, as John Maxwell says, fail forward, I think is a key thing. Um, and really this sense of he talks about holding on um, when there's nothing to hold on to. And I think obviously in, um, in my life, holding on to um, Christ's work in me, holding on to Christ himself, uh, trusting that he will give you the endurance and the ability to persevere and to finish the race. The idea of the last section he just talks about uh, talking with crowds and keeping your virtue or walking with kings and not losing your common touch, not being too impressed um, and playing to the success of others, being around people that are maybe um, high-profile people and not being too impressed with them, but also being able to be at the, uh, with, with people of, that are struggling, people that are downcast and distressed. Um, and just, just this idea that, um, you know, not being too impressed by credentials and yet being impressed with a man or a person's character, I think, is really critical. Um, this past week also, or actually uh, last week, one of the podcasts or, or messages that I um, looked at was just this idea of persevering and um, and it's actually the, um, it's Clay Scroggins um, that gave the message, and um, it was at Athens Church last Sunday. And he, he just he, he used the passage in James where he says, Consider it all joy, James 1, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I think just in, in light of this poem by Kipling, you know, just this idea of having the ability to endure and grow stronger through life's hardships, to not let the the failures of life get you down or define you, but really let letting the difficulties in life that you face develop a strength in your life. I I believe key the key to that is a strength in your relationship with Christ and the this and the strength of of His work in you and through you, but. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to share those thoughts. I was just taken back by 
um, this client's um, uh, memorizing and quoting this poem, If, and uh, just how that applies to being a man, being a man of integrity, a man of perseverance, a man that can endure uh, in light of different aspects of the difficulty life. Anyway, those are my thoughts for this week. Thanks for listening uh, to Man Up.